This is a podcast from Minute Media. Sox fans, here are the Bastards of Boston Baseball. The Bastards are back for this Tuesday edition of the podcast. We are part of the Minute Media Podcast Network. Just a quick disclaimer for any first-time listeners out there, this is not a Homer podcast. We call it how we see it. When the Red Sox are dominating, we will celebrate that. When the Red Sox are getting destroyed, we will be critical and at times savagely blunt. If you are easily offended, press the stop button immediately. But for those who embrace it, let's get rolling. I am Charlie Smith from Providence, Rhode Island, feeling much better after having a terrible bout of COVID. Joining me tonight, we have Joe Goddard coming to you from our nation's capital by way of Newport, Rhode Island, in a different room today. Last week, the bathroom. This week, the couch. How are you, sir? Doing well, Charlie. How are you? Doing great. I like that Top Gun haircut of yours. You look like you came straight out of the, uh, I don't know. I came straight Army. out of the Flight Academy, man. I went and saw the movie this this weekend. I mentioned it on our last show. It was awesome. If you haven't seen it yet, this is my suggestion that you go see it while it's still on the big screen. If you like special effects, this isn't the movie for you. But if you like Tom Cruise in his 60s doing shit that people should not do in their 60s, this is the movie for you. This movie's awesome. So uh, I got the haircut. I might even wear the flight suit that I wore uh, for Halloween in college. It's still somewhere in my in my room. I might wear that to uh, to work this week at some point. Nice, very cool. And Joe, where can people find you? People can find me on Twitter at j o b m l b. I know all the Heim Bloom haters have already found me, but if you want to troll me and you're a Heim Bloom supporter, that's where you can find me, and um, you'll find a lot of. Hey, Rafi Devers content on that feed. You absolutely will. And uh, you can find me at Smith underscore MLB. The podcast is Bastards underscore Boston. And naturally, because two heads just is not enough. We need to have a third. And uh, joining us in the third seat for our three-man crew, we have Terry Cushman coming out of Myrtle Beach by way of Wyndham, Maine. Mr. Cushman, how are you? Good, good. Red Sox are back in it. Uh, game one will have happened uh, by the time this one uh, hits the platforms, but uh, just happy to be competitive again. And uh, what would you guys' call signs be if you were fighter pilots? Mine would be sleepy head. Damn, that's uh, tough. Uh, um, mine would be something about negativity or uh, being unable to be on time. I'm always late to everything, including, I think, including recording this show. I'm, I'm always the last one to join when Terry sends the link. I'm always late to whatever engagement I've got going by at least a quarter hour. So I, some, something similar to that. You could just be tardy. We'll just call you, hey, tardy. There we go. Get, get you on the radio. I think, I, I think mine would be Explo. Just because, uh, dude, with me, I'm probably the most explosive personality in the group. I'm the loudest one. I'm the most opinionated. I'm probably the one that's the most disliked by 
certain people either on the show or even some of our fans. Yeah, I just like you too. Of our rival podcast. Uh, I think explode for just explosion because I'm very opinionated and, and that's just how it is. And I don't give a crap. That's from now on, from now on, on the show, I'm just going to go by tardy. That's it. Tardy. Okay. Yeah, we could do that. On. We could go there. Um, speaking of that tardy, why don't you give us your first take here? Okay. So I'm going to, I'm going to read it out here because as usual, I pulled it up and then I, and then I went away from it because I, I always do. Uh, so my first hot take is going to be about Chris Sale here, and it's that the Red Sox should trade Chris Sale. And I don't know who to attribute that to. I'm sorry. I, I didn't read the follower who tweeted this at us, so I can't give credit. But the Red Sox can't trade Chris Sale. Not only should they not trade Chris Sale, they can't trade Chris Sale. And it's not because they need what he brings on the field. It's because his contract is – untradeable and that's because he's not healthy and has not been healthy charlie your thoughts um god when it comes to chris sale i mean i don't want to have to bring his jersey out of the closet i have this this thing about sale and this thing about rafi devers it would be incredibly hard for me to move on from either one of those players i don't think i can do it and while the contract isn't pretty I really want to hope, I'm keeping my fingers crossed, that we see 75 80% of what we saw from Chris Sale last year because that right there is more than good as far as your three-star in the rotation could possibly challenge your two. He may no longer be your ace anymore, but I would really struggle moving on from him. I don't think I could do it. I don't think that trading Chris Sale would also make the team better. Well, Terry, what are your thoughts? Do you think trading Chris Sale makes the team better? Do you think he's a three, or do you think he could be used elsewhere to help this team? Well, Ke- Kevin Green was the the follower that submitted that, so there, there's Th- credit for him. Um, I <sighs> let's do it this way. Let's play a let's play a little game. Just yes or no, yes or no. We'll get into it in a second. Is Chris Sale going to be better than Michael Walker? Yes or no? no? Yes. Yes? Okay. Uh, is Chris Sale going to be better than Garrett Whitlock? No. Uh, rotation, yes. Bullpen, no. Is Chris Sale going to be better than Nick Pavetta? No. Oh God, this hurts. I, 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 that one is the one person I don't know. I, I can't say yes or no to that. That's the one person. Okay, I'm a no on all of them so far, just like Job. Um, is Chris Sale gonna be better than Nathan Avaldi? No, no, no. So Charlie's no is so fast, I couldn't even process. Well, I was waiting for that. I'm, I'm willing to give him Rich Hill, you know, because. But I honestly think they're about the same. Chris Sale is a five-inning pitcher who's going to get that pitch count up so high right now. I, and the point I'm getting at here is I think Chris Sale, and people are going to roast me for this, I think Chris Sale might hurt this rotation as it's currently constituted, especially when Paxton comes back because I'm I'm expecting Paxton to be better than Chris Sale. So you you can talk agree, you can talk about the bullpen and i think that's a very rational thing to explore i don't think the red Sox are going to be willing to do it right away because 
It looks kind of goofy for a $30 million pitcher to go to the bullpen. And if that's, if you have to bite the bullet and do it, then, then you have to, but what's Chris sale going to say if Alex Cora goes to him? Oh, by the way, you're going to the bullpen. It's messy and it's complicated. So I could, I couldn't agree more, Terry. I actually agree with you. I think Chris Sale in this rotation might hurt the rotation. Maybe not for the same reasons ah. as you. I don't think it's a performance reason. I know, Charlie, you look disgusted. Give me just a second here. I'll explain it. The reason being is I don't think he can pitch every fifth day. And at that point, when he can't pitch every fifth day because he's hurt, been hurt, he's somewhat fragile at this point in his career, and then also can't pitch in Toronto, the amount of times you're going to have to skip him or pitch guys on short rest because of him, or spot start someone from AAA who, frankly, can't get it done or else they'd be here full-time because Chris Sale's injury uh, or vaccination status means he's probably worth less in the rotation than a guy like Michael Walker, than a guy like Nick Pavetta, or Nathan Avaldi, or even Garrett Whitlock. I I hear what all of you guys are saying. I just can't get down with what you guys are saying. I'm struggling really, really hard because I hear you guys talking this mumbo-jumbo of him not being able to go more than five innings. I really want to believe that he's going to be able to make his adjustments. Maybe he's not the power pitcher, the power strikeout guy that he once was, you know, striking out two an inning or one and a half an inning. Maybe he gives up the strikeouts a little bit and goes more to being like a strikeout ground ball guy. And maybe we see six plus innings. Hear me out. Chris Sale is Chris Sale for a reason. I want to believe that he's going to be able to get it done. I think he's better than Rich Hill. No offense to Rich Hill. I think he's better than Michael Waka. No offense to Michael Waka. At this present moment, I would struggle to give him the ball on the bump over Nate Evaldi and questionable about giving him the ball over Nick Pavetta. And the reason is only because Pavetta's been pitching lights out lately. But I think he's your three right now. So, Charlie, what that means yeah. is you're okay giving Chris Sale, yep. with everyone we know about Chris Sale, yep. the ball the over ball Whitlock. Playoff game. Yes. Terry, Proven winner. Okay with that? Proven winner. I'm assuming by the playoffs that he's hurt again. Yes, that's what or, I'm Stop it. Or his role is going to be different than what we might expect. Um, Chris Sale, like Charlie was basically just alluding to, is going to have to reinvent himself somehow. He's going to have to find other ways to get guys out because it's not going to be the strikeouts. His only out pitch right now is a slider. Fastball up and away, everyone quit swinging at that. That hasn't been a thing since 2018. So he's going to have to reinvent himself. And the only thing that gives me pause as to his ability to do that is the fact he didn't look very good at all last fall. He had a couple of good starts out of the gates and then was severely laboring and had a couple or at least one start where he was out of there in just an inning or two. And I'm just, I'm a pessimist on Chris sale. I hope okay. he figures it out. I hope he Terry, does. Can we play another game? I know that we shouldn't spend so much time on one hot take, but I want to play another game. Okay. I'm going to pull up the bullpen arms here. Do you trust Chris Sale over some of these guys? Ryan Brazier. Yes. 
John Schreiber. All of the above. What are we talking about here, folks? You just want him to be a bullpen guy? Tanner Houck. No. Yeah. No. See, I'm with you, Terry. Mm, that's because ta- Tanner Houck is going to go in the rotation. I, question. I, uh-huh. I I don't think so, but I wouldn't wouldn't hate I that wouldn't either. I not either. I'm ready for Tanner Houck to be back in the rotation. Charlie, what's your hot take? My hot take was um, this. This came from uh, Brian Jimenez at Brian Ji eight twenty nine seventy seven ninety nine at Bastards underscore Boston. Brian Bayo, what you must have practiced that one in front of the mirror. I did not. I don't practice anything. So I'm a one. I'm, I'm a one take wonder. I get this. I, I'm a one trick pony. I get this thing done one and one. Uh, Brian Bayo will make his major league debut after the All Star break or September call up. It definitely hot take. And uh, Brian, thank you for it. Um, that is completely dependent, I think, on how the Red Sox are doing. Because if the Red Sox really aren't going to be contenders this year, there's really no need to start the clock on them. Uh, and I think that's something that, if I'm not mistaken, Terry mentioned. Uh, on the last show with um, uh, Jason and Andrew, there there really isn't a point to bringing him up right now. Uh, not at the present moment. Um, if we were in the playoff hunt or really leading, then maybe I could justify it. But right now, as it currently stands, where the Red Sox are hitting 500 at 27 and 27, if I'm not mistaken, there there's just no incentive right now. We, there's there are a couple teams that are way ahead of us. And 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 things are going incredibly well for them. I I don't see them doing it this year, but I think 2023 definitely going to see him at one point. And uh, I know I may be alone on this one, but I think right now the diplomatic decision, the best business decision for the Red Sox, is to wait until next year. I agree with you. I don't think we'll see him. I don't want to see him. This kid. And I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. Terry did it a couple of weeks ago, and I yelled at him for it, but I'm going to do it. This kid gives me Pedro vibes. He really does. Oh, All geez, he talks about is he wants to pitch like Pedro. He throws 100. He strikes guys out. He goes deep in games. He attacks hitters. He's fearless. I get it. He's not Pedro. But you don't rush a guy like that. When he's ready, he's going to dominate. Let him let him sit at AAA at, at the max for this season. I 1,000% believe he will be pitching in a major league game this year. A couple of scenarios to give you, though. We've got five or six more games that are built-in doubleheaders. So it's almost always a minor league call-up. I don't think those count against your service time. We saw Josh Winkowski pitch the one against Baltimore. So I do think you're going to see Bellow at a minimum pitching in that scenario. And there's also a possibility he could end up pitching out of the bullpen. There's going to be a lot of trade talk as we go through the month of July on what relievers we might get. It might be someone from, you know, within the system already. And I don't think we can rule out bullpen appearances from him late in the year. If we're trying to compete um, to either keep ourselves in a wild card spot, or if anyone's fantasizing about a, a division win, um, you know, perhaps that scenario. A month ago, I didn't think we'd be where we're, we are now. You know, in well, a wild card. We'll spot. talk about division wins here, Terry, because it's it's coming to that time where I'm going to have a hot take, and it's going to involve division winners. But uh, I would like to see Bayo over some of the other guys in the system. I just. 
I really don't want to break Bayo. I, I really don't want them to screw him up. He's going to be so good for so long. He could be. Um, all right, we'll uh, we'll get to mine now. Um, my first one, anyway. Uh, this one comes from Christian Sheets. This is a hot take, ladies and gentlemen. When we're asking for hot takes, we we love creativity, and uh, this is one. Uh, he says Red Sox aren't signing Devers because they are waiting to see what Aaron Judge does. I hope not, but it's a feeling. So let me just say this. Extreme long shot, because I think New York can't afford to. All their marketing goes through Aaron Judge. He's the face of that franchise. But, but everybody's seen that picture of Aaron Judge as a teenager wearing a Red Sox shirt. And the Red Sox have no outfield depth. None whatsoever. So that's why I think there's a 1% chance. Have you guys ever seen the the creepy picture of that raccoon standing on the, the patio and the meme says, your chances of, of getting killed by a raccoon are, are low, but never zero. <laughs> that's where I'm at here with this judge thing. And, until the extension gets signed, it's... Uh... Aaron Judge is going to be a great... Colorado Rocky. <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness. I can't with you two right now. I just cannot. Char- oh, go ahead, Charlie. What are your, what are your thoughts on that? Too? Uh, this is just what's so foolish about this signing now or soon to be signing is that this could have been done two years ago for a lot less money, a lot less money, three years ago for even less money. And the Red Sox just, spun wheels and didn't get it done and this is going to go down as one of the worst late signings in major league baseball history the washington nationals are the only team right now outside the new york yankees with aaron judge that could approach having one of the worst late signings in major league baseball history if you're the washington nationals you must sign juan soto to 10 years plus 500 million Plus, because he is going to put butts in seats. He is the best player in Major League Baseball, better than Mike Trout, who can't seem to stay healthy. Rafael Devers is someone who should have been signed years ago with a long-term deal, wearing a Red Sox uniform for the rest of his career. The fact that it hasn't gotten done is offensive, it's pathetic, and it's sad. It's embarrassing. Charlie, you want to you wanna, uh, roll your... Uh... Your Soto trade possibility here? With no, that's Bogart. mine. We gotta save that one. Okay. okay. In that case, in that case, we'll save that one. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to jump the gun here. Yeah. I just Char- Charlie mentioned his name and I got excited. Spoiler alert for my uh, second one, but sorry about that. All right, is that uh, is it Terry's turn to go now? No, I just went. So we're starting Uh-oh. at. I think it's Job's up. I, I am okay, back, Job. Uh, with with another one. This time I did, in fact, remember who wrote the hot take. I took a picture of it this time. Uh, that's from Mark somebody. I don't have his, his uh, at <laughs> here. Oh, okay. Um, are we going to try and keep up with the New York Yankees or give up on the AL East and quote-unquote rebuild for the future? Not a hot take, but a question that needs answering. The three of us, I think, were unanimous in not picking the Red Sox to make the playoffs. 
The one thing we also didn't do is pick the Yankees to make the playoffs. The Yankees are going to make the playoffs. <laughs> yeah. uh, if, if you haven't been watching, the Yankees are, are pretty damn good this season. I'm going to start with uh, a little bit of both. No, I don't think that we're uh, able to catch the Yankees, nor do I think we're going to punt on the season because we are now in the wild card hunt. I think all four teams in the American League East have a shot at qualifying for the playoffs. I think we're going to be the third wild card. I think we're going to sneak in. We're playing 500 baseball. Vibes are good. We're feeling pretty good. And I don't think that Heim Bloom can punt on this season if the team is winning without majorly losing the clubhouse. And by the clubhouse, there's only really two guys I'm talking about. Maybe three. But the two guys that I'm talking about, obviously, Xander Bogarts, Rafi Devers. Xander Bogarts, full no trade, 10-5 rights, free agent after this season. And I think there's there's been excessive linking. Three of us have done it on this show many times between how they treat winning and how they treat the Xander Bogart situation and whether or not they're going to pray the guy we were just talking about in Rafi Devers. So I don't think they can afford to punt on this season if they want to pay either of those two guys to stay in Boston. So it'll tell us a lot about Heim Bloom. Uh, my, my hope is that they compete this season. They pay Rafi Devers. And if they don't pay Rafi Devers, then they fire Heim Bloom. <sighs> I, I don't think Bloom's going anywhere, quite frankly. Uh, uh, I don't think so either. Terry, He's I want not, you to go. I want him to. Oh, of course. I think all three of yeah. us are in that boat. I'm not too far off of Job's general take uh, on uh, Mark's hot take. Um, when you're watching these games and, and the Red Sox just had a, a lengthy homestand uh, before going out west, lots of empty seats in the stands, especially on that upper deck. Ownership probably isn't crazy about that. So I think Bloom's hand is forced. He might not make any blockbuster acquisitions at the deadline by any means. And and I would call Kyle Schwarber last year a semi blockbuster acquisition. We might the not second s- biggest name on the market. Yeah. Next to Rizzo or, you know, whoever and, I was gonna say next to Rizzo. Yeah. And uh so I don't know if we're gonna see that, but I, I think we will see acquisitions. I will uh, expect to see some types of improvements. So the Yankees would have to go on a heck of a skid. You know, we're still skeptical about Nestor Cortez, how sustainable is the run he's on. Uh, Luis Severino, very up and down in terms of health. Um, so we'll see how sustainable this run for New York is, but um, Toronto's heating up too. So, if we can just stay in this third wild card spot, that's a two games out of three series. And I'm good with that. That my anxiety isn't nearly as high as a one game wild card that we had to sit through last fall. So I think right. Bloom will try to keep us in that position uh, you know, for a wild card. I um I think it's gonna be really tough to keep up with New York right now. They are just running a train on baseball. Uh, they had the hottest start through uh, this point in the season since I believe it was the 01 Mariners. 
and who won uh, 110 plus games. I think it was like 114. I have 116 to actually. That's insane. Yeah. That's the that's, record, right? That, yeah, that I, I believe so. Yeah, they were 116 and, and 46. If that was the case, just doing math on them, 162. That was the year where um, Ichiro went off, and it was uh, Brett Boone who had like 140 RBIs, which is absolutely dumb. But uh, that's that's turned the clock back um, several years. We're not going to be able to keep up with with the Yankees right now. They're they're absolutely on fire. I think we're all kind of aligned on where we want Bloom to go if certain things don't happen. If you don't sign Rafi Devers, you failed. You absolutely failed, and you need to go. Um, am I willing to give you the rest of the year? Yeah, because right now we're 27 and 27, and no one thought we were going to be 27 and 27 a week ago. Two weeks ago, we thought we were still going to be probably four or five games under 500. We were the second worst team in Major League, or second or tied for the second worst team in Major League Baseball. And quietly now, we are now, as it stands right now, in the playoffs by half a game because the Angels have generously lost 11 straight. That's not going to continue. They're going to win. Maybe more. It's going to continue. (laughs) Yeah, I I don't think so. I don't think so. I think the Angels are going to figure it out because too many players are slumping for the Angels right now. They're going to wake up. Mike Trout going over 23. Mike Trout going over 23. That's never happened before, and that's not going to continue. He'll figure it out. Uh, (laughs) And the rest of the Angels will too. It's going to be tough. It's, It's a great take, but... We're gonna have to, as Terry mentioned, we're gonna have to make a couple of additions if we're gonna try to, you know, try to stay competitive. We must do it. All right, uh, am I up or are you up, Charlie? I can go. So this one's actually from Blockhead, um, and the hashtag is uh, Blockhead for real. The Red Sox will win ninety three games. Um, no, no, I don't think so. Um, I think, you know, Blockhead, thank you for that. That's a, that's a great take. Um, I'm actually going to dial it back to go back to our original uh, Bastards predictions for 2022. Um, if you'll just allow me one moment while that pops up. It's the so, school of Jason. I like it. it. It's, you know, this is it, you know, pulling up numbers. Um, so on this one, I was the the resident. I forget what Terry said for, for being the, the, the lowest, like the resident, uh, you know, not optimist, but the opposite of that, whatever that word is. Can't think of it right now. Pessimist. Uh, Pessimist, sure. Uh, Jason had 94. Andrew had 90. Uh, Jason was the only one above 93. Uh, Job had 88. Terry had 85, and I had 84. So, as as Terry mentioned, I was the pessimist of the group of the five. I did not think that the Red Sox are going to win too many more above 500. And right now, as it stands, I'm looking pretty good. Um, it, it, it remains to be determined. I just don't know if we have enough to win 13 games over 500 that's that's asking for quite a bit i just don't see it happening right now um 93 wins is a big ask excuse me considering we don't have um some of our guys back yet and until those guys come back we're gonna have to wait and see uh and here's the other thing too if those guys come back and they're not on it we're definitely not winning 93 uh that's my take on that great great input i appreciate it uh terry anything you want to add to that actually job go ahead oh job sorry okay i'll uh, sure um they're not gonna win 93 games in fact i was over optimistic they're not gonna win 88 games they're probably closer to where charlie had them at 84 maybe less who knows they're at 500 right now we have a lot of games in the division left and this division's very very good 
I would be happy to finish 84 uh, with 84 wins. They're not going to win 93 games unless, unless there's a big caveat. They can win 93 games in two ways. One, you give Xander Bogarts a massive contract extension or Rafi Devers a massive contract extension. And then all of a sudden the whole team is rejuvenated, wants to play hard, wins a lot of games, and then you have to go get somebody. Not going to happen midseason. We already know this. Or you fire Heim Bloom. You bring in somebody like Dombrowski. Also not going to happen. And uh, he goes out and trades Marcelo Mayer and Bayo and all these other prospects we have for top-end talent and go all in. Not going to happen. Well, I wanted to go last here because I was doing some math, which I'm terrible at, and I always take the longest route to get to the uh, answer. But we've played 54 games after Sunday, 108 games left to get to 93 wins from where we're at now. We would have to go 66 and 42, which would probably make you one of the better teams in baseball over that stretch, 66 wins, 42 losses. So that's 24 games above 500 and we're at 500 now. So, so just imagine how insane we'd have to be. I'd have to say that that's uh, a little too ambitious. I'll say this. I mean, a team that's 81 and 81 might get in. Go back. And you know what, Terry? I think it's unfortunate. I think Bloom would prefer that if he didn't have to trade any prospects. Right. To having to trade a couple of prospects and getting getting in with 84, 85 wins. I don't know. I just care too much about prospects. I had to get some high bloom hate in there somewhere. Yeah. And, um, I, I'm like I said in the, the earlier hot take, I'm not expecting a blockbuster, but, um, if you go back to the, I think it was the 2014 Royals who went to the world series and lost to the giants that year, they ended up winning at the following year. But in 2014, I think they were 82 and 80. And that was with five teams. Now we're, we're having six come in. So it's kind of a shame that they've diluted the playoff field uh, so much. But um, but I think 93 wins is just a little too ambitious. Uh, so I'll go with um, I agree. my last hot take here. Uh, this comes from Scott George. He says, Heim Bloom will trade for Juan Soto sign him to an extension and let Xander walk. <laughs> so there's a lot of problems with this. Uh, Charlie ran a uh, simulated trade on the uh, trade values website. This is what it would take to, uh, to possibly get Juan Soto. You'd have to give up Garrett Whitlock, Tristan Casas, Nick York, and I think Marcelo Meyer. Is that correct, Charlie? So, and it still might not get it done. And that's everyone except Whitlock is in your top five. So, number one is is Soto worth all that talent? Uh, some of whom could be all stars multiple times over. And then B is Bloom willing to sign a guy like Soto? to a minimum of 450 million that he's a Scott Boris guy. And it, it might be North of 500. He might be the first 
player to get a $500 million deal, especially where he's so young. I think he's 23 years old now and uh, would be a free agent What after his 24 season. Is that correct? I believe his 25 season. He's got two seasons left. Two left, um, so 25, yeah. So um, the answer to me, that's an extremely hot take, and I, I Scott George is a veteran of this format and he's our longest tenured listener that i'm aware of um but it's it's fun to think about but i don't think bloom is is gonna is gonna throw away this farm that he's worked so hard to build well terry i'm gonna ask you this would you do it no hard no and charlie would you do it charlie's on mute but he says no no, I, I I'm muting myself just as a, a failsafe. <laughs> I wouldn't do it either. No, you can't do it. I, I Too much. I think I might be. I think I might be banging the drum on this one. <laughs> Joe, like Jesus. Right, now go here's ahead. the thing. There, there, there's two requirements for me to be happy with this trade. If if it were to happen, it, it won't happen. It can't happen. It, it would never happen. But one, if you bring in Juan Soto and you give him the monster deal, I'm okay with it. I'm very happy. Like um, Juan Soto slides into Xander Bogarts' spot, and you have Rafi Devers still there. I mean, you'd have to pay Rafi Devers. But if you have Rafi Devers and Juan Soto in the same lineup, you might have the fir- the top three finishers in the MVP race for the next 10 years on the same team in the same lineup. It'll be like Otani and, and Trout. You won't win any. You won't win anything because you'll, your entire payroll will be tied up in two guys. It'll be like the Angels. But it would be fun to watch from an offensive perspective. And I think we would turn into we would turn into fans of the Anaheim Angels, where we're looking for triple crowns every year, and can we win another MVP and individual performances? That's uh, but not why really you play. Fun to watch. Really fun, fun to watch, but you're never going to go to the playoffs. No, n- never. I mean, you would and have that's not what you pitching. want. You would have the worst pitching in the history of the league your entire budget would be tied up in two guys. But damn, is that kid fun to watch? I mean, he leads the league in walks right now and he would lead the league. in I think every offensive category, but home runs, if he had anybody else on that team, he's got the shell of Nelson Cruz. Um, obviously he's 41 years old. Uh, applause to him for still hitting. Um, and, and Josh <laughs> Bell, who I think will be gone there shortly. Everybody else on that team sucks, and I mean sucks with a capital S. They don't have any talent, and uh, it's going to hurt his RBI numbers. I don't think that he has a shot in the MVP race because he's the only guy on the whole team. They're just they're just going to walk him. Like put him on put him on first, even put him on second, and the rest of the team can't drive him home. So he's not going to have eye popping numbers this year. But my God, is he talented? He looks it. Charlie, you got a take? As far as making a trade for for Soto, you can't do it. I mean, the 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 deal with Major League Baseball is you play 162 games to start playing baseball. The goal is to get to the classic. It's not to just play 162. Look at Mike Trout. Mike Trout's career in the playoffs. One for 12 career in the playoffs. 2014 was his only year. His only hit in the playoffs, a solo home run. What a pathetic playoff career. You compare someone like that, Mike Trout, a far better 
more athletic, more talented player than the likes of Derek Jeter. I Bum. wonder if, if Trout would be the better. Uh, it would still cost a lot, but maybe he would be the better trade target. I would trade any one player, maybe any two players in our farm system for Mike Trout right now. Yeah, and I think Mike Trout would love to come to a market like Boston where he knows he's going to be competitive and we don't have dumbasses in the front office. Mike, Mike Trout is the best hitter of his generation. He might be the best hitter that I've ever seen, that anyone's ever seen. Uh, there's no one really living, uh, at least that I, I talk to, no one that I converse with who remembers watching Babe Ruth hit. Um, but Mike Trout is the closest thing we've got at this very moment. Soon to be eclipsed, I think, by Juan Soto, aforementioned. But I would love him in Boston. I think Mike Trout in a big market would do so, so well. You can only you can only play in front of 500 fans so long before you just don't care anymore. Right, and I think we'll see it. <laughs> I think this slump could uh, could be long and painful. Few rapid fire ones before we wrap. Uh, JP hey, uh, on Twitter. Oh, you got one? Did I miss you? One more thing. Oh. So I just went to that uh, that trade to see if we could trade Trout. Mike Trout is actually not tradable because his contract is so insane. So it won't even let you trade Mike Trout from the Angels. That's insane. We Don't probably, care. We'd make them That's probably. Why the simulator. Figure it out. <laughs> Get Mike Trout off the Angels. For the good of baseball fans everywhere, get him on a team that matters. Yeah. This is the year number four into that uh, 12 or 13-year deal. Yeah. So just a few rapid-fire ones. JP on Twitter says, Electric Guitar National Anthem Stink. I disagree. I disagree. Charlie, break the tie. Not as much of a fan. Sorry. Really? I like vocals. No. I can't. Re- I just saw one the other night. I don't know if it was before the Celtics game or. Uh, yeah. So Journey, Journey lead guitarist did it for Celtics okay. Warriors game one. That's what I saw then, and it was an old guy, so that makes sense. Yeah. So I like it, but I this See, is I like it when it's done well, like Jimi Hendrix, like all day. You know, I mean, that's one of the best national anthems. But all too often, I feel like guitarists try to make it their own, quote unquote. And they don't do the best job. They don't do it justice. I like vocals. This sounds terrible. And full disclosure, I, I do vote conservatively. But when certain like military people do it, and they do it like the old school, almost opera style, I can't get into that. Boring. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I need something a little livelier than Give that. Give me some energy. Give me the electric guitar over that. But all right, uh, one more March Madness. Uh, Commentators for games, specifically WEEI, should stick to talking about the game and not bring in politics. 1,000% agree. Please, God. Must. Yeah. It's, it's, the one, it's the one thing, I think, that is in no way political is a baseball game, right? It's like... It's America's pastime. Everybody can get behind it. Everyone can come together and enjoy a ball game. At least from me, 
you know, I live in the nation's capital. It's a, it's a very politically charged environment. I have no desire to turn on the Sox game and listen to more politics or any game for that matter. Um, that's not to say that there aren't major issues that we need to address in everyday life, but, uh, that's just not the place where I wanted to talk politics. Agreed. That's all, no space for it. all I've got. You got anything else, Charlie? No, that's, I, I think we did a good job of hitting up the, uh, the ones that didn't double up because some of them, they talked about the same thing a couple times. So I think we did a good job. All right. Uh, Joe, anything you want to add? No, I think that's it. I know we, we did a great job, Charlie. Thank you for hosting as always. And hey, my um, pleasure. I, I want to just some of the listeners who shot us some hot takes. We had a lot. Uh, some of those are great. We will get to specific potential trades uh, for guys that are more realistic as we get closer to the trade deadline. Excellent. Job and Terry, thank you both for joining this evening. Uh, naturally for all of our listeners, thank you so much for your hot takes and thank you for supporting us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcast. And we look forward to interacting with you guys in the future. Have a great rest of your night. Take care.